now on Money News, the market wrap. Trade with CMC Markets, the trusted trading platform for over 30 years. Trade your way at cmcmarkets.com. All trading involves risks. Now we've had a few weeks where the gains and the losses on the ASX have been pretty stark. So today it was a little bit more calm, a bit more placid. The ASX 200 was flat for most of the day, eventually settling down 11 points to 7,603. Healthcare stocks saw some big falls for the second day in a row while utilities were at the top of the class. Company results saw the share price of a number of big names sliding backwards. Seven West Media slipped almost 11% after the company reported a 53% dive in TV advertising revenue. The online jobs platform Seek also dropped like a stone, down more than 4.5% to $25.62 after its profits and revenue both fell. CSL continued its slide down around 7% over the last two days, despite an 11% gain in net profit in its results while the building company James Hardy's shares were down 8.5% on record lower profits across the quarter. On the flip side, furniture company Temple and Webster beat market expectations. Revenue growth of 23% sent its shares up almost 10% to $11.01. All the big four banks finished in the green with the Commonwealth to announce its profit results tomorrow. So let's pick apart another day of company news with independent analyst Evan Lucas, who's with us. Evan, great to have you back with us here on Money News. Hello, Deb. How are you doing? So let's start with Temple and Webster because JB Hi-Fi is who we spoke to on the show yesterday with their profit results. But today's result for the online retailer for Temple and Webster, possibly an even larger surprise. They keep pulling the rabbits from the hat, these retailers. They do. I th- they're defying gravity. I mean, that's the way I've been sort of looking at it. You go back to also their main competitor and something like Nick Scarly told you something pretty similar just on seven days ago. It's interesting because just before Christmas, Temple and Webster did give us an update that suggested that things had got a little bit tougher, but the results today were without doubt well and truly not only just above market expectations, but blew them out of the water, a 23% increase in revenue. It just shows that also at the moment the consumer is riding the cost of living cycle in, in a way that isn't expected. The fact that we are still unwilling, and that's what it is, unwilling to give up discretionary spending on things that we believe we need. The fact that we're still, and the majority of those that are working from home are still upgrading their home scenario. That's what Temple and Webster talk about quite a lot. Shows that this is why discretionary is defying logic. It is why a JB Hi-Fi, a Nick Scarly, and a Temple and Webster are doing it. It is interesting. They've all said the same thing as well. And that is at the moment that what they are seeing in the cost of living crisis, Deb, is that the you know, the customer is very, very sensitive to price. Mm. So they are very, very much out there looking so very, very discounting. hard. Yeah, which means margin cuts, right? So what they're talking about is that we are happy to get the revenue, but it is probably hurting the bottom line because the margins are getting smaller, discounting's on, competition's up, you know, more and more with online providers like a Temple and Webster. They don't have the bricks and mortar. They don't have to deal with that kind of scenario. So they can offer a cheaper price. But they're now finding that even the bricks and mortars are taking on with basically saying, whatever you're finding online, we will match it. So that that's their forward guidance issue is that they know revenue is great. But how do they keep margin in a cost of living scenario where we are becoming much more price sensitive? Yeah. Now, Seven West Media had a shocker. The share price fell 43% over the last mm-hmm. year. Ad revenue is down across the board. But is that all that this earnings result and share price slide is about? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think so, it is either. I think it's a very good point to be raising that it isn't just 
about the ad revenue scenario, you can see very clearly that at the moment, it, media, particularly traditional you know, TV media, is struggling for content. The fight they're having with streaming services, Netflix and co., is clear with regards to how do you get that content back onto free-to-air and drag the eyeballs back? Because until you can, you're not going to get the marketing revenue. Yes, there is no doubt that we've got pressure in this, you know, the overall economy. We know that one of the things that are the first to go from companies is marketing dollars, and that certainly is what happens during the cycle, and that's certainly what you're currently sort of trying to hear from what's going on with you know outgoing uh, CEO and James Warburton trying to explain that you know that's part of their problem. But it, you've also got to remember, Seven last year had some of, particularly with you know Seven actual TV, had some of the biggest sporting events out there. They had the Ashes, they had the AFL, they also had a very good lead into Christmas. Now they've got cricket as well. So all of that was there, and yet they still saw quite a significant fall away because their content just isn't competitive to what it was 10 years ago. So it's not just now. I think into the future, Seven's got a scenario like all traditional media, unfortunately, about content and how they wrestle back content off streaming services. Yeah, it's the, the big conundrum. Now, a lot of people had James Hardy on their watch list for 2024, but will that have changed after its results for the quarter? To a point. I mean, I think the whole way that most people were playing James Hardy, I wasn't on it because I, I don't believe that the rate cuts that are going to happen this year are coming anytime soon. They're more likely to happen probably start August, September, and away you go. And James Hardy is probably what most analysts were saying was that if you believe rate cuts are coming, then clearly things like renovations, things like house improvement, because cost of borrowing is going to get cheaper, is going to go through the roof. And all those people have been sitting on their hands for the last 18 to 24 months as increase in costs have gone up, will jump back into James Hardy. They have told you today that isn't happening. And until we get rate cuts, James Hardy believes that it's unlikely to reinvigorate their whole market. Caveat to that as well, do not forget they have a huge exposure to the US and the North American business was part of the reason why they've had such a you know, a big downgrade today is that North America and also Europe have got interest rates they haven't seen in over two decades mm -hmm. in both of those parts of the world. So that is what James Hardy's waiting on is that until until we get some form of cuts to rates globally, not just here in Australia, they think that things will be quite subdued and the demand for fibro cement and those kinds of products will probably be underwhelming in the near term. Now, we touched on CSL yesterday, but we did get the full picture from them today and a solid bunch of numbers, not enough to keep investors interested. Yeah, again, when you're trading on 30 times forward earnings, you're going to have to blow the lights out. This is stereotypical CSL results day. And what I mean by that, Deb, over the last 10 years, if you go back, I think it's seven out of the 10 reports of the last five years. And it's as much as I think it's 15 out of the last 20, so half and full year numbers, on the day CSL craters because although they delivered good numbers or even in some cases excellent numbers, their forward earnings, the multiples they trade in just can't justify the share price. And so it probably jumps back to fair value. Do not underestimate, though, what CSL is and how and why it does have such a huge forward earnings. The company is incredible at what it does. Well, yes, even though they, they had the, the, the drama with the, the wonder drug. Yes, yes, they've had headaches, and I agree with that. But this is a company that puts about $10 billion back into itself pretty regularly in you know in R&D. The other thing it's had a bit of a hiccup with, which always happens, is Vifor. The synergies there are going to take a bit of time, and they've got a little bit of problems inside of it. But the long-term outlook for what Vifor will bring to CSL cannot be undone. And therefore, 
it might be a bad scenario today and yesterday, but I would expect CSL to continue to be the absolute gorilla in blood plasma over this year and the forward 10 years going forward. All right. Now, we're going to be hearing the results from the Commonwealth Bank and CEO Matt Common will be joining us on Money News tomorrow night, so tune in for that. But what are you expecting, Evan, from ComBank? Will they be talking about a leaner period for the bank and announcing billions of dollars in profit? Of course, reputation is another thing to factor in as well as keeping investors happy. But what do you think we'll see? Billion dollars of profit, so that's a given. Uh, it will probably, though, have a four handle, only just inside it, rather than the 5.15 billion cash profit they delivered last PCP. So I, I, that will still be impressive. What they're going to show is that they are having, for the first time in a while, having to fight for customers. So CBA has always been that premium player. It's been that premium brand for a reason. They are the best at what they do in the retail space, but they are facing pretty decent competition. NAB's certainly come up behind them. Macquarie is certainly starting to grab market share, so they're going to have to, they've started to fight. So we saw at the end of basically October, sort of November, that for the first two months in a long time, they actually saw negative loan growth. And that is something you never associate with CBA. So that's what Matt Common's going to be talking about, is that they've had to increase, you know, the competition sort of margins, therefore taking them down. So margins are going to be smaller. You're also probably going to hear that new loans aren't growing at anywhere near the level they were hoping, which everyone's experiencing. The one to watch, I think, will be whether or not bad and doubtful debts has moved again in the personal income space. It's not going to happen in home loans. The, you know, the, the, that home loan cliff isn't really there. It's more what we've started to see is that where the pressure in their markets are, and it's not just with CBA, it's across the banking space, people are certainly defaulting more and more or under pressure, 90 days or years or more, in personal loans. So car loans, holidays, all those kinds of things. Watch that space. If that's growing still, that's where the real pressure of cost of living is coming to the fore. We'll have all the details with the combat results tomorrow night. Evan, always good to talk. Thanks so much. Thanks, Deb. Independent analyst there, Evan Lucas, with our nightly market wrap.